Welcome to yet another episode of When a Guy Has a Really Fucked Gender. As always, I'm your host, Jolene, and my guest this week has requested to remain nameless, but I guess guest, would you like to say hello to the audience? Hi. (laughs) And how would you describe your gender? Well, you know, to myself, I'm really just a guy, you know with the fuck gender but also like just a guy like um trans guy um and also i would say a really big part of my gender is being a daddy um and also i'm like uh you know a man whore um i'm a sex worker um who up until like very recently has been like i as i say like cis for pay um and like a lot of sex workers will talk about being like straight for pay or like gay for pay um but i i was never really convincingly like straight for pay but um i think semi convincingly cis for pay um and like you know when people would when they would encounter me they'd be like oh um, you know like other workers in a like casual environment would would see me and be like, what are your pronouns? And at the time I would be like, this version of me is like they, them, but my work persona is she, her. So if you are gonna like refer to me about like, yeah, refer to me to a client, you, she, her. So that's kind of like where I have been until very recently. And then now I'd probably be like, my pronouns are he, him, but, with my work for persona like whatever whatever arises and like a lot of different things like arise at this moment so yeah okay hell yeah there's a lot there to get into (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) um let's let's rewind far back to the beginning and work our way up to that um work our way up to the present day what was your childhood like what was um sexual difference sort of how did you encounter that as a child yeah um well i was born in new york city um and i was kind of like a city kid um and i knew a lot of queer and trans people since i was really young um like partially because my mom was part of this like community theater where there were um a lot of queer queer people um and a few like trans women so like the first trans people i knew when i was like five um were some trans women and also um my grandma happens to like live uh in like a queer community uh like a a place that has a really big queer community and um a lot of her friends are like younger um largely like butch lesbians so that was like a big um early experience of like gender and sexuality for me too like really looking up to these like um like mask often like i think a lot of them would like specifically be like i am butch um women um and also my father is queer um like my parents were like a het couple but um yeah when actually like when i came out to my dad um as like 
bisexual, I guess. He like came out, he came right back at me with it. Um, <laughs> so he kind of outdid me, honestly. Um, so like, yeah, clear, like, um, it feels to me that my life has already always been like really kind of like saturated with queerness, like, um, but I still had a lot of like hangups about coming out and like, it was still confusing, even though I was like in New York city in a very like, you know, liberal or whatever environment. Um, I, yeah, I still, for some reason was like, had a lot of internal hangups, even though like my first, I just, you know, I, I've always kind of just like been a bit um, just into everyone. So I like remember like very early crushes on like boys and girls. Um, but when I came out, when I really came out as queer to myself, um, it was at camp classic and um I was just like so in love with this person who um at the time you know I thought it was a lesbian crush but it was actually a T for T like fag crush um because this person also <laughs> um later came out um and uh yeah that was also the case with my high school crush who I like broke up with my first like boyfriend for I was like actually like I really like this other person and like I'm gay is is um I was talking to Gabriel about this like at the time where we grew up like gay it was like a catch-all like everyone like it was LGBTQ like gay like every, you would just call someone gay so um I was like I'm gay and I like this person who uh, um again is now also a trans guy <laughs> But um, you know that happens. <laughs> I know it's like we're just like so like, you know, just can sense each other. I don't know. Yeah. No, I mean I'm sure I've brought it up on the podcast before, but my high school friend group, which was like between eight or ten, mostly like at the time would have called themselves guys, cis guys. I was the only one that was, like, out as anything besides straight. I was, like, bisexual. And then I came out as trans when I was, like, 17. But since then, like, I think literally, like, three or four others have come out as trans women. Um, and at least one other has come out as gay. And it's it's just, like, a very, it's, like, a very strong concentration. I'm like, oh, my goodness. What is What's going on here? <laughs> yeah, like, well, me, you know, me and Gabriel um, were, like, really close friends in high school. And also, like, this other um, person who I would, like, later, like, date and have a kind of long relationship with um, is a trans woman. Um, and we were all kind of, like, you know gender troubly like queer people but um i mean gabriel was one of the first people who um kind of like talked to me about like non-binariness like i was very aware of transness but i wasn't as much aware of like gender fluidity or like non-binariness um this was like 
early days of Tumblr. So we weren't like, all, you know, super there about like all that discourse. Um, so, and like my first reaction to that was like, I don't know, I, I had a kind of strong, like, I don't get it reaction to that, which is interesting to me. Um, so in high school, I was kind of like, um, like had a strong sense of being like a really like shitty woman, <laughs> like, especially because like, really, the, like, I really don't just never have had like a sexual like preference. Um, so like in that way, that's actually doesn't feel like a super strong part of my identity because I like just don't actually care. But like, since I was like pretty young, I've just been very like sexual. And that has that felt like that was very like, problematic for everyone around me, like very problematic for my like gender um, performance. Um, and like, I was into, um, yeah, stuff that like, I guess is kind of masked, but to me it was kind of just like, I'm not gonna do the kind of like, uh, I don't feel like I was exactly trying to be gender non-normative rather than just like not non-normative more generally. Like I didn't shave. Um, I was like definitely like the first girl in my like um, high school to like cut my hair really short. Um, but I didn't have like any particular like articulation around that other than like kind of hostility towards like normative femininity. Um, but yeah, but then like the second I got to college, I was like, oh yeah, I'm like non-binary. I'm, or like, I've kind of always used like non-binary and trans at the same time. Um, and like fell in with like all the queers and like trans people and like was kind of like, you know, I, I think it's just like, I needed that like space, especially from my like parents and stuff, just from like prying eyes, I guess. I'm an only child. So it's always kind of been like, um, very focused, very like, <laughs> yeah, they were always able to be present. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, like it just felt like a lot of pressure. Yeah. <laughs> but there also can be something very like non-binary for me, at least about being an only child. Cause I'm like very much like son and daughter. Like, um, I like to, like, I always joke that I'm like a, such a mama's boy um, or like a dutiful son or like something. So, um, but, you know, my parents still, like, will call me their daughter and stuff. Um, so, yeah. And, like, all, yeah, just, like, yeah, I have, to, I have to do it all. Like, I do the emotional labor. I go shopping with my mom. But I also fix stuff at her house. Like, you know. <laughs> okay, that, that's interesting. So when did you come out uh, as, as bisexual to your dad? I came out to him when I was pretty young. Like, I think I was, <laughs> I think we had this really funny back and forth where like, he kind of like, I think it was like 13. Mm -hmm. He kind of gave me the like updated, like now you're like actually like a teenager sex talk, but it was really like heteronormative. And I was like, <laughs> I'm like, I think I probably knew that term at the time. I probably accused him of being heteronormative. <laughs> um, and I was like, actually, like, I like this person. He actually, like, knew this person I had a crush on. And, like, I think I'm, like, queer or bisexual. Or I might, I really might have used the word gay. <laughs> but I meant, like, queer by that. Right. Um, like, 
uh, and he was like, oh, like actually, and then he told me like this whole, um, his whole like story where like actually his long-term partner before my mother was a man and, um, and like, it was also kind of a big reveal because like I had heard of this person, like this is a very big person in his life. He was uh, in a like dance theater company with him and he had like passed away um, of AIDS. And my dad was like a big part of like his like death transition, which he had talked about, but I just, I didn't know that they were partners. Um, and then he kind of like revealed that to me and was like, yeah, actually it was like part of like the New York City queer scene of the seventies and eighties. Um, so yeah, like major respect bonus points from te- for teenage me. <laughs> like, um, Damn, that's crazy. I can't imagine that as like the reveal. That's- <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. And then you, you, did you come out to your mother later or was that like, or did that sort of follow shortly or? Yeah, I came out to her a lot later. Like I'd never hid anything from her. Um, but like my parents are, have been like separated my whole life. So we just have really oh. separate relationships. And like, <laughs> they they talk to each other now, but they did, I think at the time they didn't as much. Um, and um, yeah, just, it didn't seem that like relevant to our relationship. I was like living with my dad at the time, like through high school. So, um, and I did have a boyfriend, like, um, yeah, I, I, you know, I kind of was like, oh, am I a lesbian? But I was such a like failed lesbian because like I always would just like also get with boys, <laughs> which really pissed off like the kind of like um like proto like turfy like lesbians um that I would like that were kind of what was available in the queer scene. So um I I gave up on that really like quickly. And I also just like never really identified with kind of like like the lesbian like genders that are going on. And just like I was like not really butch because I'm kind of just like faggy. Um and I don't only like femmes and like that was like kind of what was normative at the time too. Um and I but I also wasn't like femme because that would make me feel dysphoric and like um I wasn't into a lot of like the like lesbian culture at the time. So like that never never like quite fit. So I never kind of got too like deep into that. I never really like identified as a dyke. Like a lot of my like trans guy friends are into that, but like that's never been like really it for me. Um yeah. Okay. Um but yeah, I came out to my mom like I think when I was in college, I was like I have a girlfriend. I think she was going to like meet her, I don't know. Um, and she was like, I mean, like, not surprised by any means. I think her, she was like, you know, she had the classic, like, straight girl answer of like, you're so lucky, like, women are so much better than men. <laughs> like, oh um, you know, classic. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> 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 so I was like, I don't know, correct that like the 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 reaction was going to be a little bit like cringe or whatever, but it wasn't, you know, it it's not it's always, nearly as know. like yeah, <laughs> not pretty, hostile, pretty, just cringe, right? Well, I'm curious because I I sort of shifted the focus to that because you mentioned that your parents still call you their daughter, and I guess 
have you come out to them as trans at all or is this a certain yeah. part of your life okay and are they just not really on board with it or do they have some understanding of things where that's I mean is that okay to you or is that sort of a a, a sore point for you um it feels okay for now um I think that like I really waited a like way longer time to come out to them about that um for some reason it just like felt really I don't know I mean this is also part of like my how I like started like presenting myself during sex work like something about like my gender just like has felt really like personal um and like I just really wasn't like ready to share for a really long time um like something about it just like felt really vulnerable um you know even though other things that like other people find really vulnerable I feel comfortable sharing with like strangers and stuff but that is just I just really wasn't ready to talk to my parents about it and yeah it's funny because like they know trans people but for some reason like when it comes to me it feels like it's hard for them to um like really get it (laughs) yeah um and I also I I kind of am like I think that like either when I like do more medical transition stuff like either they'll kind of like get it and like change or they like won't but it'll just kind of be funny because like I'll have a beard and they'll call me their daughter and like then I'll be like that's actually cute whatever (laughs) you know um yeah they're like it's a little bit sore but it like doesn't it doesn't really like affect logistics or anything it doesn't make you want to talk to them or no okay um yeah it's just like one uh, something that like comes to mind about it being hard for them to internalize is that like i've been taking well i'll get this later but I kind of like took tea in like two rounds but I'm on tea again now for about a year and like my dad called me and I answered the phone he was like oh you must be like having allergies like whatever I was like no my voice is changing because I'm on tea as you know (laughs) you know and it just like feels like they like forget (laughs) amazing oh my god oh my goodness okay (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I think also, I don't know, since people just don't really know what, like, hormones do and don't affect, I've had, like, cis female friends tell me that, like, oh, the hormones are, like, doing really good on your voice, and (laughs) I'm just, like, I just, like, immediately, like, undo all my voice training and say, like, it doesn't work like that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Just, just, uh, just for fun. Give them an educational moment. Yeah. 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 <laughs> then they all kind of They'll jump believe like, anything, sorry. yeah. <laughs> they all kind of jump and I'm like, sorry. <laughs> um we had to go back there. <laughs> yes. But okay. So what's your like hmm. Right, I guess I feel like we've kind of covered like a lot of things. I guess I assume that right, well, I don't know. Did you, like, sort of, like, have trans friends as, like, a sort of, like, queer teenager? I, I kind of imagine that you would from the kind of... Yes. Yes. Like, I, I had 
like a lot of friends who would later come out, but I also had um, out trans friends. Yeah. Um, there was like one out trans guy um, at my, uh, too complicated to explain. I went to two high schools, but in one of my high schools, there was an out trans guy. Um, and we were good friends, a classic theme of the pod. We, we restarted the GSA. <laughs> <laughs> Um, <laughs> I need to do like a like a roundtable episode with just like yes. was president of your high school's GSA. Yes. <laughs> yes, me and him were co-presidents. Um, oh my goodness. <laughs> me and my ex were we were exes at the time. We're president oh, wow. and vice president, which was hell yeah. <laughs> in, in re- right in retrospect like incredibly lesbian um yes. <laughs> but yeah. at the time i was mostly just annoyed because i didn't like her <laughs> oh okay so yeah there was political drama it was so <laughs> dramatic i was like i don't even want to do this anymore oh my god that's amazing um yeah yeah i guess um yeah, it was funny, too, because, like, I don't know if he would have said that he was, like, straight, but that was, like, kind of his thing. Like, so he was kind of, like, a straight trans guy. Um, I talked to him a little bit, but I don't know, like, really that much about what he's up to other than, like, he seems to, like, um, like live on a farm with some chickens. So I definitely <laughs> love that for him. Good for him. But, um, yeah, like, at the time, he was... Like, he was kind of straight, um, and I was, like, queer, but, like, not really out about, like, gender stuff. So we kind of really, like, I guess we both did the, like, um, I'm the president as an ally in, like, a certain sense. (laughs) Um, uh, But, yeah, it was just, like, yeah, us and all the other, like, queer neurodivergent kids in school just, like, hanging out. There weren't a lot of us, but, you know, we were all friends. and uh yeah and then at like the other school i went to yeah there were definitely um some like out out trans kids um yeah it was like a hard time for that though like no definitely no one none of the trans kids i knew like were able to access like medical care um a lot of them it was a pretty like rough relationship with the with the parents but like at school it felt like um like actually people were kind of like cool with it and um kind of like as far as I could tell got it like my friend who was out as a trans guy at my high school like he was like super bullied before he came out but then I think everyone was like oh like this is why we like sensed the difference and like, this is what it is. Now we know we're like supportive and you know, there that was, you know, kids are weird. <laughs> I feel like there's this sense like when someone's kind of like nebulously different, that feels really threatening. But then um, if the difference is kind of identified as long as it's not like, you know, um, something that the kids can't deal with it's kind of like oh okay and then you kind of like categorize someone and then don't worry about it 
Well, I think it's interesting. I feel like it kind of is a sort of like liberal guilty conscience kind of kicks mm-hmm. in, right? Like um, mm-hmm. recent recent guest Noah was like talking about how when he came out as a dyke or whatever, um, they were everyone was like, "Oh, that's what was going on." Okay, <laughs> well, we we can't yeah. bully you anymore because that'd be homophobic. So right, um, right. I feel like that. <laughs> yeah. That was not like quite my experience, but I feel like that was very much the case for my friend. Um, yeah, I feel like, um, yeah, I feel like I I got bullied a lot, like after coming out. Partially, like as I said, like there was always just this sense that I was like kind of like too sexual. And, like, being bisexual kind of, like, added to that. And, like, I was, like, really, like, super, like, sexually harassed um, in especially high school. Um, And I feel like maybe because of the GSA thing, um, I didn't feel like the adults were, like, on my side. I think they, like, they seemed really, like, irritated by my presence. Um, So... Yeah, I don't know. But again, like, that's, I feel like I was, like, not quite, like, I just didn't quite understand myself. So I couldn't really communicate, like, something that might be, like, (laughs) actually understood and, like, categorized by other people that well. Because it was, like, yeah, they were, like, oh, you know, there was a little bit of sense of, like, oh, pick a side. Like, are you going to, like, be gay? Are you going to have a boyfriend? Like, what are you going to do, you know? So... This is like very much my experience as like an out bisexual person in high school as well. Mm. Like, I don't know, I guess it was it was different, right? Because in some ways, because I, I was sheltered from a lot of bullying just because I was very like physically imposing, like I was Mm. extremely tall and like, not particularly like strong or anything. But like, I don't know, I could just like look scary to people. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And um but i don't know people kept accusing me of being like secretly fully gay and i was like no i'm bisexual and they were like <laughs> i don't believe you and i'm like i don't believe what, it. i don't i don't know how to prove it to you <laughs> um yeah i was in like a sort of like ostensibly heterosexual relationship for a lot of high school but people kept accusing my girlfriend of being my beard and i was like mm how do you guys even know that word? Like, what's going True. on? True, yeah, like, what is, like, media where people picking up on that? Like, where the was, straight kids I'm, like, learning that from? I was literally, I was, like, I was, like, so confused. <laughs> Just truly the weirdest experience. I think, um, that, like, I definitely had some experiences where, um, like, queer girls when I had a boyfriend that, like, I was at the time, like, monogamous with, queer girls were, like, come on, like, I remember hanging out with one of my really good friends and, like, one of her friends, and she's, like, look at us, we're all, like, bisexual girls with boyfriends, like, the subject was, like, we should just, like, all, like, get it on right now, basically, but um, I wasn't, like, really ready for that at the time, I guess, (laughs) Um, I had to wait, like, two years, and then I was, like, into that lifestyle very much (laughs) um but so there was a sense of like 
you know, you should like pick the other side or like, are you really queer? Like prove it or, but then there was also a sense of like me being just like very sexually available because I was like bisexual and slutty. So a lot of like, um, yeah, a lot of just like people being like mostly like boys at my school being like really like sexual with me in ways that like were really uncomfortable or just like saying really fucked up shit being very like curious about um like my sex life and my body and stuff um yeah so I feel like that's like a yeah is a very like classic like experience for like bisexual like people generally. Yeah, that that makes a lot of sense. And so, what what sort of happens as you kind of go off to college? I guess you said that two years on is when you were ready for that <laughs> lifestyle. Is that is that college? <laughs> yes, yes. Like in college, it was very like, um, you know. I was like very like ready to go about um, gender and sexuality stuff, like to a to a degree with like gender stuff. I think, you know, then I started really, um, you know, having a lot of like trans friends um, and also like doing my first like trans activism because <laughs> I was like really focused on like I wanted to go to a women's college. Um, but like the second I got there, I was like, I'm not a woman. like. <laughs> um and like linked up with all the other like non-women women's college people and like that was also the moment like when um like I went to college I graduated high school in 2009 so like that and I went straight to college so that moment was very like um a lot of discussion about like welcoming like specifically trans women onto like um women's college like campuses and stuff um so like immediately like we were kind of like talking about that like doing activism about, about that um and like that connected me to i went to college in like new york city so connected me to like a lot of the other queer people like trans people in the city like trans activism trans art so i was like very immersed in that um but uh like also this was I had one of my really close friends um, like came out as a trans guy freshman year, but like it was quite difficult for him to access hormones like um, even like as an adult, like through the school, like healthcare and stuff like that only kind of emerged like a partnership between our school and Cal and Lord at the end of like, um, you know, when I was a senior. So like this, that was really a time I feel like it's like, obviously very like threatened now but I feel like that was like a very different time where it wasn't just like like by the time I actually started taking hormones it was very much like okay I'm ready to go to the clinic get my script yeah I'm gender dysphoric like let's go but it was not like that at the time so um the kind of I don't know the kind of like trajectory that people's like transitions um took felt like very different than than like my friends who were even like five years younger than me um so there wasn't as much of a sense of like if I wanted to I could like medically transition like now like that was not I did not sense that um so 
I just like, you know, I shaved my head a lot. <laughs> um, I got yeah. like, I got my first like strap, which was like a really big gender moment. Um, I like really got into like the BDSM community, um, not as a pro, just like as a like lifestyle, as they say, um, which like included a like a lot of gender fuck. Um, I like got together with like my first like trans partner, um, who was um, also a sex worker. Um, and she really like taught me a lot of what I know. Um, and we're still friends. I just saw her like last week. So that's really nice. Um, and yeah, I just like became really like immersed in that community. And like, that's been like most of my adulthood um, in a weird way that like kind of like felt like it like obviated my need to like articulate my gender that much because I was just like so in this community where it was like didn't necessarily matter um, and like you know you're kind of like assumed to be trans almost <laughs> like because um, everyone is um, so I feel like I kind of like coasted on that for through college. <laughs> um, so it's sort of not necessarily needing to kind of specify because everyone just kind of assumed something that was like close enough or. Yeah, exactly. And like, that's not quite true because like um, the person who was my like, uh, partner through a lot of school like in our relationship like she uses a trans woman and she she's actually someone who I went to um high school with with Gabriel too and she she came out like we kind of like got together like as she was coming out um she kind of like came out to me as part of our like beginning of our like romance and um she would definitely like use like he him pronouns for me um and it was very much like i'm her like boyfriend so like in that relationship that was like a big like um there was like a lot of gender like clarity in that relationship um for me at least um but like it was also complicated because like we were really young and like both coming out dealing with like dysphoria and just um all of that stuff so um like yeah in my like really close relationships i feel like it would be more kind of specified but like as like coming out generally like that that was not really a and like also you know we would we would like just share pronouns like constantly so it was just like and i would use they them pronouns so um but there was also always like weekly a new check-in about like pronouns because we were at the qsa meeting we were at the you know whatever so <laughs> um but i would i would really oscillate like i feel like i i did experience a lot of dysphoria and was kind of trying to figure it out i would like really oscillate between like kind of these like high femme presentations and then these like mask presentations and like do that like day to day um and i would grow my hair out really long it grows really fast so and then i would shave it and then it, you know i was just 
really fucking around. <laughs> and uh, I think like also like being young, I felt very like affected by how other people reacted to me. So it, it felt very like what, you know, I was trying to see what reaction I was getting from like um, being hyper feminine or like, you know, how I was like received in different spaces. And I wasn't like, is this really me? I was like, what are other people like feeling right now? I was very like focused on other people. Um, just because like, yeah, maybe there, it felt, especially at that time, there wasn't like a strong like center in me that I was gonna like guide myself by. So just kind of like look outward. And um, also it felt like, especially like my girlfriend at the time and like um, my my close trans guy friend, like they really, really wanted like medical transition stuff like very strongly. And I was kind of focused on like helping them with that. Um, like, um, so I was like just a lot more focused on them than myself. So I don't know, it's funny because like I feel like people um, like transphobes will like pathologize like transness as kind of like arising from like emotional issues or whatever. But it's really like the opposite for me. Like my emotional issues really kind of like stopped me from like tr focusing on myself and transitioning <laughs> like in a big way. <laughs> like too, too codependent to transition. Like. <laughs> <laughs> no it's that's right right it's like very hard to i don't know in 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 some senses right like dysphoria is like obviously a distressing experience and then sort of coming out as trans can also lead to all sorts of distressing experiences but the sort of the realization that you're trans on its own is not like <clears throat> facilitated by other sorts of emotional distress right like it does not help you forget about trauma to like have mm -hmm. to transition about it because literally everyone is going to continue to bring it up about the transition <laughs> it's like yes. going yes. to be an extremely stressful situation um but um yes. the, the stuff that transphobes say has never been based in anyone's actual life or anything um so true <laughs> yeah and it's often like pointedly the opposite of what is true so like no, exactly. The exact opposite, yeah. Exactly. Ah. Uh, um. You weren't doing sex work while you were in college, were you? No. Um, okay. I, I thought as much. You just mentioned. Did. Okay. I was gonna say. Yeah. I remember you mentioned. I think a girlfriend that you had in college. She was a sex worker. Yeah, as well. And I didn't know whether the as well was referring to you at the time or you in the present day. Yeah, um, yeah, me in the present day. Um, yeah, but I, sh I feel like she was the first, she was not the person, first person I knew who had like done sex work. But like, she was the first person who was kind of like, um, you know, would like talk to me about like, what was, you know, what was happening for her, like right now. And um, she would kind of um like sublet different places to be like her in call and like that was her um like where she would live at the time and like that's where we would like hang out so it was like hanging out in her in call and she was very part of like the like sex positive like sex party 
scene um and like we met at a at such a part we met at a kink party but like she kind of introduced me to this other side you know it's like the people who like now i don't feel like they use that this word at the time but like now they're like the somatics people you know they're into like somatic sexual sex like sex sexual stuff is like body work and like energy work whatever so okay yeah, 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 she, yeah. he introduced me to like that stuff um and like a lot of like play stuff and like also um you know she was a bit older um and had transitioned like years ago um and you know she like really talked to me like in depth about like what that was like um and yeah yeah like I learned a lot from her um and yeah I had other other trans partners other um trans guy mostly like hookups um i with other like trans guys but um yeah just a big like yeah just into that scene like very much a part of it and um yeah as i said like very much like trying to like sense myself out like through other people i feel like as what I was about at that time. Okay. And so, w- when do you actually come out as? I guess how 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 is your sort of gender stuff? I mean, right? You said you were doing like sort of like check in check ins, and you were going for they them. Mm-hmm. How does that kind of evolve? Um, yeah. Um, I don't know. I guess. I guess. Yeah. What's like the evolution from that to where you are now? very convoluted actually but um i ultimately um i went to grad school and i went to grad school in like a different state away from everyone and i also like spent a lot of time just like alone i lived alone because i could like afford to um in this other place and um I started to really be like, I'm dysphoric. Um, and like, I'm trans specifically, like I want to transition. And, um, you know, I got in touch with like all the <laughs> trans people in that place. Um, and, you know, I was a little older. I was starting to like know people who, you know, were getting some tea. Um, Cause like, the people I knew who were on T like when I was in um college were like kind of like old school guys who like got like DIY tea. Um and um they I don't know, yeah, I just like didn't quite like I knew that you could actually like get it through a doctor now, which I guess I felt more comfortable with. Um, like I learned about Helen Lord and stuff, so I was like kind of had that in mind. And that's where like my girlfriend got her tea and her um <laughs> her estrogen and stuff. And like I would pick it up for her. Um so like that's more like what I had in mind. So um the the place that I was in grad school was like in the south and like it didn't seem like through them I could really like um 
access um, tea. But like the second I got out, I was like, okay, like it's time, like let's do this. Um, and I started um, with some tea gel and like really like had a more um, like mask presentation, like started to like sometimes like pass, um, which I think for my partner at the time, who is like a non-binary trans femme person, but um, like it started to be like, we we changed from like being read as like a straight couple to like a like gay boy couple. And like, so then we'd start like experiencing a lot of like homophobic harassment on the street, which is like the first experience I think my partner had like had with that. Um, so I think that was kind of, like, and I had experienced that, like, um, being read as, like, a queer, like, femme couple with people. Um, but um, it definitely has, like, a different tone. Like, when I, I, I recall, like, walking down the street with my, uh, what just, uh, we weren't actually partners at the time, but with a college friend, and we were holding hands, and someone was like, I want to hold both your hands. Um, but, you know, as like a gay boy red couple, it was like a lot more kind of like hostile. Um, and that partner at the time though, um, became addicted to like heroin and was, um, became like an IV drug user. And I had started injecting testosterone. Um, and like that became, um, kind of rough because like my partner, like once like lied to their parents that like their needles were like my needles and, um, there was even this, <laughs> it's, Ironic because like this is really like around when Tester Junkie came out, I think. But like my partner like accused me of being addicted to testosterone. Like it just somehow got very like intertwined. Sorry for laughing. No, yeah. no yeah, I know. I, mean, like, <laughs> I I can understand that. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, because they were like, what's the you know, like you, you know. Um, so I mean, yeah, like vindication for paul like <laughs> this show is uh this show's line is that paul's extremely based and uh <laughs> we, we love him we support yeah. him um <laughs> i think like yeah i mean it's like so like yeah just the experience of reading tester junkie it's like so it's so like irritating, it literally happened. <laughs> but like it's so like real right you know? like <laughs> It literally <laughs> happened. It literally like, happened. <laughs> yes. Um. Yeah. Absolutely. So. They made, made Testo Junkie real. Oh my. Yes. <laughs> um. So like. Yeah. So I stopped being like. Yeah. It became this whole thing to like hide. Like it was just like yeah. It was so fucking weird because like. I was hiding my needles for my partner. They were hiding their needles for me. Um, they were like, just not able to be like supportive. Um, you know, they're just really, really dealing with their own shit. Um, and I think like, 
Um, yeah, and um, also like I was very kind of like um, like obsessed with trying to like control their addiction and keep them safe. So like I um, just got like worse and worse at the job that I was doing at the time and like really wanted to like always be home basically because like they were also like couldn't really hold a job they were usually home I could like keep track of them um and uh I had always been curious about sex work like partially because I feel like a lot of like horphobia had like always been projected onto me anyway um and uh you know that was something that people around me were doing for a long time. And I kind of like made the decision like at the same time to like stop taking tea. Um, I definitely, I've been taking it for like a year. Um, So I definitely had like a lot of like bottom growth, um, a lot more like hair. I had like a more kind of like muscular physique and it like changed my voice. Um, And like, this was, um, like seven years ago now. Um, so I was on tea for a year and like seven years ago and I stopped and I like started camming at home. Um, and like, as like, I had like a kind of femme, like pure femme kind of persona, like my hair was short. Um, I would wear kind of like this, like Calvin Klein, like set, which was like a little like sporty or whatever. Um, and I had a lot of, like, body hair. That was kind of my, like, genre. Um, but I would definitely describe it sometimes at the time as, like, being, like, a naked drag queen, basically. <laughs> like, that's how I felt. Um, and it was, like, hilarious to me because, like, a lot of the, like, um, you know, tea changes were what these, like, like purportedly like hetero guys were really into they were like oh my god you have like a deep smoky voice um like I love your body hair like wow you have such a big clit like um I love your like abs or your like arm muscles you know so I was like okay (laughs) (laughs) um (laughs) like but um yeah, it felt like the person that I would perform on cam was, like, a very different person than who, like, I was. Um, and, you know, like, after I was done, I would, like, wash off all my makeup, like, throw on my boy clothes and, like, go um, be, like, a dude. <laughs> you know, like, um, I always, like, uh, felt like I would be, like, not recognizable to anyone if they like ran into me on the street um so that like yeah that felt like it you know provided a nice like level of like emotional distance um and also just like basic like kind of in-person like safety about like not being recognized and stuff even though like probably a lot of my the people who are watching me would be in new york city just because it's like very populous um and also like yeah the emotional distance aspect is like quite important to me like you know people would be very curious about like my life so it always kind of felt good that there was this detail that like they 
I just wouldn't tell them. Uh, and like that is kind of a big detail too. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, like I started off feeling like there was like yeah, I was like basically a drag queen, um, and that like there was something kind of awesome that like the illusion was like even down to like when I was like completely naked like with my you know like <laughs> gazing into my holes <laughs> like there was still like this illusion that I could like create um but um then yeah like it got more kind of convoluted and like intertwined um I started doing like in-person like BDSM work um and like that and like cultivating like you know when I was on cam it was like more like yeah I'm like queer you know I'm like queer like hairy femme um but like in person I like kind of got really into like having this like femdom like persona um and like the nature of my work at that time was that like you would kind of um go so like okay and like in media depictions of sex work there's like the lineup you know where like all the like girls like line up and the man like picks one like we wouldn't exactly do that but we would go in one at a time to like meet the client and then he would choose um usually he there were some women clients sometimes but i found that like the most high impact was like kind of the most archetypical like look possible like red lip like i grew my hair longer like sexy dress like platform shiny boots like that was like what you know you have like one minute to like make kind of the impression to like become the desired uh dom so i kind of like got into that and um then it kind of like became a lot of work to like switch back and forth um like in a weird way like i would feel more invisible when i would like go back um i like you know sex work had become a really big part of my life and my identity so then like when i would like kind of go back into like um my like personal persona i would almost be like then i'd feel really invisible again in like this weird way um so then I started like having a more um like femme like until very recently I was kind of like back into like having like a femme look and just like not really like trying to look like masculine um and like it's funny because like all this time like in my mind I was like I'm saving for top surgery like I'm gonna retire so like I can like be a man <laughs> kind of um but I mean I didn't for like a really long time um I yeah like I think I've been a sex worker for like six or seven years um so I kind of like waited on that a lot longer than I thought I was going to um, and it felt like I kind of like had to choose between these two like really important parts of my life. Um, and 
Yeah, it felt like, I don't know, it did feel like a kind of different like era of like gender exploration. Because like, as I said, I'd always been kind of like a shitty like woman, like, I just didn't like care to do that. And I also like, didn't quite like get it, you know. Um, But something about like, you know, femme performance for sex work, it's like, there's kind of like a blueprint, you know, like, um, it's, you know, there's kind of like a vernacular. that I could like analyze and like get into. And I'd be like, this is not because this is my like true gender. Like this is for like this making money. Yeah. And like right. being good at good at this. And like, you know, there's very kind of like clear feedback constantly <laughs> about it. Um, oh God, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and like, um, But I would I would have like dysphoria crises um, every once in a while. Like, um, so when I left that, I worked in like a managed space, um, a managed BDSM commercial space. And when I left, I there were a lot of factors, but part of it was a bit of like a dysphoria crisis. And I changed my name from like um, a more like, femme name to like a more gender neutral name that I still use now and um kind of like uh you know as we say like rebrand <laughs> gender rebrand <laughs> um uh, of you know my first like I- independent photos were like me in like a leather jacket and boots like I was like okay I'm gonna c- c- try to like not like aggressively trigger my dysphoria as like intensely <laughs> um and like less makeup um and i would kind of like oscillate back and forth between like doing that and like you know definitely like the high femme presentation is kind of like the default like it just feels like very safe like in terms of like job security stuff right (laughs) but there's always like there's always like moments like of of breaking of of like my gender just like breaking through even when I like didn't mean it to um I definitely like you know ultimately have have now like very many and like over my you know um career I have had a lot of like queer and trans clients um even though I don't like specific like I I have someone advertised for that but only kind of after the fact like I have had a lot of career trans clients do you want to like do this now too um but like people just like found me they got the vibe and um also yeah like clients um I mentioned like I mentioned like being a daddy like the first person I explored that with was my the person who's still my partner um they kind of just like whipped that out in bed one time and I was like wow (laughs) um and that's like very much like how we categorize our relationship but also like I'd have clients being like you know even when I was like fully in in my mind like fully femmed up be like can I call you daddy (laughs) like okay yeah (laughs) yeah um and like yeah I recall this one client us you know a straight guy, self-identified straight guy, like being like, okay, like let's do this role play where like 
you're this like boy who's like a bully and I'm the principal and like you're going to like bully me <laughs> um, into like doing whatever you want me to do, you know, like, uh, you know, unbidden. <laughs> like, um, And like, also I recall a time, as I said, I really love um, my strap and like that's always been like a big kind of like gender thing for me. Um, and like, I re- recall a month during work where like the only sessions I did were like strap on play sessions. And I'm like, what is the difference between me and like a cis gay escort? Like nothing because <laughs> we're doing the same sex act. Like, you know, if he's topping. Um, but like, so I'm just like, I'm still like, li- I'm still like, I can't like escape from like being myself, like as much as I try, basically. People just still like um, interact with me like that way. Um, yeah, and, like, yeah, just, like, so many moments, like, that I, yeah, I recall, like, yeah, I I also, like, I kind of, like, primarily work as, like, a dom, but I do it all, like, I've done lots of escorting, I've made porn, um, and, uh, yeah, I recall, like, in a, like, vanilla session, a client, like, (laughs) I think like he like was like oh he like I can't remember if he at first was like oh like good girl and then he was like no good boy or if he just like went straight to like good boy but I was like oh okay (laughs) and I was like in my mind I'm like I came wearing like the fancy lingerie I was wearing makeup like it just feels like you know um in in a certain way I was like able to hide a lot but then um ultimately like not really um and then yeah like a lot of people um in 2020 I had like my big dysphoria crisis (laughs) um and I was also like I don't know if I'm ever going to be able to like work in person again like I basically like I I I worked online but it really felt like a big part of my identity was like taken away because I was kind of just like kind of just before that in very much like workaholic mode very focused on it um and when that was taken away I was like oh like I've really really been neglecting that I like want to transition um medically more um and socially more I guess I feel like I was gonna go into like this round of like restarting tea but I kind of want to like go back a little and just like mention that like I think like something I I like wanted to bring up was that like I feel like there's a lot of people like me who I was gonna say I know someone yeah um who's in like a very sort of when when Gabe was like described described you to me i was like oh is it so and so and he was like no (laughs) like yes but no (laughs) um yeah like um yeah there's a lot of like i feel like um you know my like starting tea and then stopping it and the like the other stuff about that is like a little more unusual but like um i kind of like 
Um, my little like soapbox like moment is that like, I I feel like there is something a little bit like third gendery about like trans masculine like cis for pay like sex workers <laughs> but like we like a, there's like all a bunch of us who like kind of like ha you know at least for like a time kind of inhabit this like really similar space and I also kind of think that like yeah, and this is my really soapboxy part. Like, I kind of feel like this is something that's a bit like neglected in the trans archive. Um, like, there's this sense that like looking for like historical trans masks, like you're looking for someone who like lived as a man, you know? Um, yeah. Um, but I think like part of the problem with that is that like that really like skews like who we're looking at to like more like upper class um trans people it's um well that were like yeah who who's were able to sort of like succeed according to standards not like succeed blanket but like succeed according to the standards of yeah. assembling the archive which yeah and like i feel like it's rather like understood that like sex work is like a really big part of like trans women's history on and like present obviously but like that that's like something that we can like look for um in the archive um but i think that that's really also the case for trans masculine people um and a lot and that like um there's various reasons that that is kind of invisible to people um yeah partially i think because like that's more a kind of you know like working class history like proletariat and um like poor people's history um of like people who um you know were not going to be like they're not gonna be like marrying and having children or like yeah, they're not able to kind of like assimilate into heteronormativity. So like they need to like support themselves. Um, and like, you know, that might involve like a high femme presentation. So like the visually, this might not be as like um, what we're going to like see in photographs or something. Um, but, you know, um, something that other than my personal experience, it's been really informative to me to think about is like this book I love called The Women's House of Detention by Hugh Ryan. Um, and he really talks about like, um, you know, like the way that um, people who would have been in prison in the Women's House of Detention, which is basically the earlier iteration of what's like now Rosie's on Rikers Island, um, a, a women's jail and like women being like understood as like anyone with the vulva basically um that like uh you know a lot of sex workers you know were uh like highly criminalized um and you know would have these kind of like gender fuck families and relationships um like he details this one person who I was like, wow, th like this, I just, 
really identify with this person so much. Like she kind of like, um, you know, ran away from home and she'd always be having like these tea for tea relationships. You know, she, she was known to like sometimes dress in men's clothes, sometimes in women's clothes. She, she would be in like relationships with p- people who like at the time were maybe like called like drag queens. Um, and I was like, wow, like this is like it. Like we know so many people like this, like tea for tea, like sex workers who like are cis for pay and then they like put on their pants, you know? So um, like, I feel like it's like we, we like have existed. This is like really kind of like a relatively like stable transmasculine expression <laughs> through like at least a hundred years. But it's also like very invisible, partially for design, because it's like, okay, we're trying to kind of pass as um, like uh, cis cis women for hire. Um, And I also think that like a lot of um, femmes of various genders have pointed out that like high femme performance can be very kind of like gender fuck. Um, Because it's so like fantastical and kind of like beyond the body in so many ways, Um, and I think that like the the self the self experience like as a drag queen maybe um, is kind of like common in that. Um, I mean, I feel like even cis women will like talk cis women sex workers will talk about like kind of having this like way higher femme than them persona that like whatever um and there's just like yeah there's a weird way in which like being a sex worker like for a lot of people is like their kind of like path into like womanhood and femininity but it's also a path out of it because it like disqualifies you from being like a good woman um so i just yeah i feel like that um the kind of like gender situation we're like seeing there is a lot more like complicated than it appears on the surface yeah i mean 100 (laughs) percent um like basically it's really fucked (laughs) basically it's really fucked yeah no i mean that's exactly i don't know yeah that that's sort of exactly the the things I'm yeah sorry I I feel like I don't have much to add to that because it's just I don't know it's exactly true right I mean I've I've known and been friends with sex workers I think basically like my entire um life once I left the suburbs um and yeah it's I don't know it's exactly true I think every single one of them has had is is reflected at some stage or another in 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 your short spiel right there uh, yeah <laughs> yeah that's my spiel yeah i mean and like also like i think that sex work generally casts a pretty different light on gender overall and like really teases out the kind of like economic basis for a lot of it whether it be like um cis cisness transness or otherwise um you know it kind of takes it away from this like you know this is my this is like who i am inside and it's and then it's like this is who i am in the economy (laughs) um and like i feel like that's sometimes been hard for me too though because like especially with femdom 
you know, which is like, um, like a style of play within BDSM that like I, I have really um, enjoyed, I do enjoy, um, you know, it's kind of like the like role of men and women is like as ritualized as, um, you know, the role of like dom and sub. Um, and they're kind of like conflated with each other. And like, it can be like weird on Twitter. Cause yeah, like a lot of my like friends will tweet like all men pay, like crawl worms, you know, or whatever. And I'm like, and I'm like, so true. But also like, as a man, I'm actually like a top and usually not a client, but a worker. So like, yeah. Um, like, you know, and I think people really understand it as like play and fantasy or reality to very like different degrees. So I think for a while I was like, yeah, like how will I fit into this community if I'm like, I am a man? Like, so I'm like, does that mean like now I'm a client or like, you know, am I still like welcome in these like, you know, a lot of my friends like, um, you know, will kind of be like queer femme, sex workers only spaces, like whatever. I'm like, well, I'm like, don't identify as a queer femme at all. <laughs> That's not me, but like, I guess. But they're also just like, you know, um, yeah, I, I was scared of like not only losing my clientele, but also like losing my community or like not fitting into it as comfortably because like, okay, so yeah, there's like a lot of people who um, like in this like kind of like third gender space I'm talking about, like a lot of the time, like medical transition, like isn't a part of that. And I think like that was the thing that I was kind of like um afraid to go like forward with a little bit more because I just like didn't know what was gonna like happen and that felt yeah it felt like risking a lot um and um yeah like I was like is there gonna be like a sense where like I'm I was like all these other people who are my community, but like now I'm like going too far, you know? And like, that's gonna be um, difficult. Um, and also, as I said, like, I had kind of like had the sense of like privacy and like it, it felt a lot less vulnerable to like be a sex worker as like a gender that like I didn't actually have like any like real emotional investment in um, and have this like, kind of like emotional psychological distance from my clients um and like you know also just like not really like fancy like you know dealing with their like transphobia or like whatever um so yeah there's something like really kind of like vulnerable and cringe to me about like the idea of like being like working like as a trans guy like I've only felt like started to feel like maybe comfortable with that more recently like and also partially because I just kind of like accidentally stumbled into it and then was like okay like whatever like let's go like I had a client who's a trans femme and she hired me and basically and I like I never mentioned I've like never mentioned on my Twitter that I like take tea or anything <laughs> um although I think it's like pretty obvious if you see me in person and I was like by the way like they were kind of like, anyway, like I'm on estrogen. And I was like, oh, like I'm on T. And they're like, yeah, I can tell. <laughs> um, so I was like, okay, yeah, fuck it. Like, let's just. 
soft launching the here. Yeah. Yeah, I've done it a very soft launch, like kind of individually like telling each of my like regular clients about it and then kind of being like, um, yeah, I don't care, or you know. Um <laughs> mostly yeah like mostly like they don't care even if like their self-conception is like i'm a straight guy they're like yeah cool i already liked <laughs> things about you that t is clearly making more so whatever it's like you know um do you think that that's going to shift with i think you mentioned earlier you have a you have top surgery yet coming up correct yeah yeah in a in a few months and like yeah, that's felt like a really big kind of like threshold to me. I mean, like, I really might have super like overblown it in my head. Like, firstly, I'm more of like an ass person, like I have a really cute ass. My chest is like not really that like exciting overall. Um, so I don't think it'll be like that terribly missed. <laughs> um, but um, I guess it felt like if I still had my breasts I could always like revert and just like work as this for pay and then and like I probably still could like somewhat do that because you know like creating like a gender illusion is fine like, you could just you know like it it's still doable people do it all the time but like um yeah like that felt very much more real like okay I'm like working like as a trans man um and yeah, I was very like in my head about it for a long time, but now I'm kind of like, especially my client, <laughs> it's been such like a non-issue with my clients. Like not a single person has been like, well, I'm straight. So I'm like, don't feel like doing that or whatever. Um, I don't, yeah, I, I it, it's ended up being a very like kind of slow sloping on-ramp soft launch kind of feel. Um, and I'm also just like realizing that like people are just very curious and like curiosity is definitely a big part of like um, sex work and like the appeal of sex workers, I think, cause it's just like a space where you can just kind of like be curious and that's not like weird or anything. Um, so I think that like, honestly, the I will be able to like leverage people's like curiosity about that in a profitable way, so. That's nice. And I, it doesn't yeah. feel as like vulnerable anymore just cause I'm like more out and like have seen that people, I don't know, people are, you know, people are just really gay and they just. I was, I, I was thinking in, in sort of conjunction with all this, your, your description of, right, doing, I think it was, you said it was a vanilla, it was vanilla yeah, um, yeah. work with the guy that was like calling you good boy. That was like, yeah just no, like it, out of nowhere like no discussion of anything like um right and I, I wonder i wonder how many straight men are just kind of like co constantly held back from that just from like the i i don't know just just from convention or or, or fear or totally i, I, I mean, don't know what i don't know what that means i have literally <laughs> no fucking idea what that means about heterosexuality or anything like that I just think it's. Funny. I mean, I feel like a lot of straight guys are just like me. Like they don't actually have that strong of a sexuality. They're just horny. 
I do like, think that's probably true. I think that <laughs> see, I'm always right. I'm always. I feel like I just like don't understand people. I don't. I don't. I'm because I like. <laughs> I, I have like the same sort of sexuality as you. I think where it's just like yeah, I'm very sexual, but not very like strongly preferential when it comes to it. I'm just kind of like wherever I can fit in is like good. Yeah. Um, I guess I have some like preferences or things that I want to experience regularly or whatever, but what whatever. Um but like right, I like I've had to have this experience just like so often where I like talk to people and realize that that's not how they think. And so I've just kind of like internalized like yeah. I am the weird one. And so like <laughs> whenever I encounter someone else that's on that wavelength, I'm like, yes. Um, yeah so it's like right like are a lot of people that are like currently looking at straight guys maybe also on that wavelength I don't I don't really know I don't I mean like especially like in my time like uh, you know as I said I've like done a lot of like gender fuck kind of like play with um clients and like um you know I've done some like you know feminization type play um which is kind of like I really ironic because like I'm really the first person who gets like force femmed and then I guess I kind of like <laughs> commit that upon them um, <laughs> next. Um, so, um, but like, honestly, like, you know, and that's like a very big genre of like femdom, but like I have not been called upon that, uh, called upon to do that very much. I think not surprisingly, <laughs> um, but um and, like, I don't have any, like, specific inspiration to do that other than that. I mean, I like when people wear any, anyone, anyone is very welcome to wear lingerie for me. Um, it looks cute on everyone, and I love that. But uh, it's, for, it's not really a gender thing to me. I just, like, when people wear pretty things. Um, but, like, um, you know like like forced by which you know it's such a like joke too because I mean I joke that like I like forced by people because like they think that they're like hiring a woman but they're hiring a man but also like you know the joke in the community is that like it's not forced it's like gently encouraged to someone who is desperate to do it by some by play um and like yeah like in a way I feel like I do kind of like embody that where it's just kind of like you it doesn't you know people actually do know what they're going into and they're looking for what they want and they found it in like you know kind of a uh queer experience like somewhat couched in a hetero experience basically um and that like that's like a very 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 common thing um like among people who like at least kind of like live their lives or whatever as like straight men it like in in a way it just seems like it's just like part of the i mean i guess i'm getting like a warped sample size maybe but like it seems to me that like being curious about like feminization and bisexuality is kind of just like a typical part of being like a heterosexual man <laughs> from what i can tell <laughs> um it's just like part of like the whole set and then like yeah um like who who among them seems to not be interested in that <laughs> um and then like yeah t i guess to me like just from my experiences i'm like 
to me, it just seems like being heterosexual is more of like a preference for a normative, like social life than like anything that actually has to do with like a sexuality. Um, yeah, I think that's, I think that's the case. <laughs> yeah, like at least, I mean, I just have a lot more experience with like interacting with straight, this men's like sexuality like that. So I can't, I can't really speak. And I feel like my sexuality is actually quite closer to theirs than yeah. it is to like, um, like women of any kind. So, um, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Hmm. Yeah, really need to. You yeah, really got to get that like straight guy on the pod. Like tell him tell us I've what it's all about. I've been trying so <laughs> fucking hard. All the straight guys in my life are like no, and I'm like. Are you uh, good for <laughs> cowards? <laughs> uh, yeah, I should. I've got. I don't know. I have some. I have some people I that I I no longer see with any frequency, unfortunately, just because they've moved. Who who would have been really good guests? Um, maybe I should still make that happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I know at least some of them listen to the pod, so. <laughs> yeah, if you're listening, we double dog dare you to come on. <laughs> yeah. Be a man or whatever. <laughs> oh my <goodness>. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've been going for, for quite a while, about an hour and a half. I don't know, do we have any sort of final thoughts? Do you have any, um, I feel as though you've really, I don't know, I guess kind of we've 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 reached the present day we've we've gotten a spiel yeah um yeah <laughs> i don't know i don't know what else there is to say <laughs> um yeah i don't know yeah like maybe one day we can check in again after the titties uh, are gone and see how straight men are feeling about that <laughs> that would be i'd be very interested yeah let's 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 set a date for like a year from now or something yeah. like that, and and see Hell what's yeah. going on. Because um, I'm, because yeah, I'm I'm curious about that. Um, I don't know, right? This is a. <laughs> I mean, hmm, I don't know. I feel like this is maybe. Well, I'm not a sex worker, right? Um, but I am a trans woman. Um, mm. who has been on Grinder at various points in her life. <laughs> Yes. Right. Well, and it's like, and now that I've had, I've, I had a vaginoplasty back in August, and it's, I haven't, nothing's come of this just because of situations in my life right now that I'm not really doing this. But I, I, mm -hmm. I still message people back with sometimes just because I'm, I don't know, I'm always curious when they're like, I want to suck you or something, and I'm just like, I don't mm -hmm. have a dick anymore, but I have a strap. Um, yeah. And they're universally like, oh, that's cool. Um. <laughs> Um, oh, yeah. or like, I'll, I'll get like couples that like want me to unicorn and they're like, oh, like we like the fact that you have a dick. And I'm like, I don't like, <laughs> <laughs> and then they're like, oh, and I'm like, I've got a strap. And they're like, okay. So I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, I love the, like the strap is always hard. I'm just like, what do people not understand about that? <laughs> like, it's awesome. <laughs> the first time, the first time I used one, I was like, that was, like a, it's funny. The first time I used one, I was like 
okay, yeah, I need to get surgery. <laughs> like, I was like, yeah. Yeah, it makes using the strap like, way easier. <laughs> I was, like, already, like, on that sort of wavelength. I was already, like, this needs to happen. And then, like, I tried it. And I was like, oh, yeah, this needs to happen, like, yesterday. <laughs> um, yeah. I've been meaning to have a episode specifically about using a strap post-vaginoplasty because I know many other trans women who are who are on that on mm. that wavelength and um oh yeah I want to talk about it because I think it's something that I think it's something that a lot of people like don't even realize is a possibility um which is yeah <laughs> very which is very funny because it's like of course it's a possibility um right but, uh I don't know also just a a, a thing that I love a lot yeah I, it's funny like like I'll be talking to clients and they'll be like, yeah, I like really want to suck a dick. And I was like, well, I have like several dicks. Um, like, um, yeah, I haven't like done a lot of like tea dick stuff with clients. Um, but like a lot of time they'll be like, no, like it's not, it's like not the real thing or whatever. And I'm like, yeah, it's way better. <laughs> like, way better than the real thing um but yeah it, uh yeah and it's funny too because like it is it's like both is and is not a gender thing like at all like it clearly is just like a tool and like is usable by all but on the other hand like it's so like imbued with like meaning that like that meaning like makes it so that people don't even think like to strap it on over their pussies, <laughs> like you know. Um, have, you, have you read um, Paul's book from before Testo Junkie, the Contrasexual Manifesto? Oh yes! Oh my god! <laughs> yes, it's so good. Oh my god! It's literally. <laughs> oh my god! I have a friend who wrote a paper in grad school uh about uh about that book and heidegger and dildos and oh my god readiness to hand and <laughs> yeah amazing yeah <laughs> um yeah oh my god i have a story to tell you after we get off air um okay <laughs> Oh my god excited <laughs> but um yeah i guess i guess end of i guess this is the end of the show i feel like we've we've, we've gotten all this stuff um yeah. thank you to my uh anonymous guest for for being here um thank you to the audience for listening thank you to lynn july for providing us with intro and outro music thank you to the patreons uh your support means the world and as always you can subscribe to the patreon at the link down in the episode notes um i think when this comes out i'll have just released an episode on crimes of the future uh and have some more fun stuff coming up um yes thank you to everyone thank you